Welcome to the Children's and Young Adult Novels Book Club, Cyan Book Club for short, where we talk about the latest children's and young adult novels out there to tell you if they're worth reading or not. I'm your host, Zach Whiting, and today we are looking at the first book in the Reckoner series by Brandon Sanderson titled Steelheart. Now, that may be a pretty unfamiliar name to you. You might be wondering, what is Steelheart? Well, it's blurb time. Blurb time, of course, is when we read the little blurb that the author or the publisher has put out about the book. Well, here is what Sanderson says about Steelheart. Ten years ago, calamity came. It was a burst in the sky that gave ordinary people extraordinary powers. The odd public started calling them epics. Epics are no friends of man. With incredible gifts came the desire to rule, and to rule man, you must crush his will. Now, in what was once Chicago, an astonishingly powerful epic named Steelheart has installed himself as emperor. Steelheart possesses the strength of ten men and can control the elements. It is said that no bullet can harm him, no sword can split his skin, no fire can burn him. He is invincible. Nobody fights back. Nobody but the Reckoners. A shadowy group of ordinary humans, the Reckoners spend their lives studying epics, finding their weaknesses, and then assassinating them. And David wants in. When Steelheart came to Chicago, he killed David's father. And for years, like the Reckoners, David has been studying and planning, and he has something they need. Not an object, but an experience. He has seen Steelheart bleed, and he wants revenge. So Brandon Sanderson uh, may be a name you might recognize. He is the author of the very popular series titled Mistborn, and he's also the co-author of the final three books in the Wheel of Time series, which is another very well-known and popular fantasy saga. So from that, you know, we go into this sort of assuming, you know, Sanderson is, is going to be a good writer. Uh, and And I can tell you right now, that is the case. But that alone, this tenure and this experience, doesn't really tell us if Steelheart is a book worth reading or not. So let's dive right in, and we'll start with looking at some themes that the book covers and see what they have to say. The first theme that is pretty obvious in this book that we're going to talk about is the topic of revenge, this theme that really permeates the entirety of the story. From the very beginning, yeah, even in the prologue, we, we get the foundation of this story of revenge. That's really what Steelheart is all about, a boy seeking vengeance on the supervillain that murdered his father. Really, this one desire, this one passion, is what drives David to do everything that he does, to think everything that he thinks, and that is the desire to see Steelheart dead. In fact, uh, he even admits multiple times that his life is just consumed with epics. His whole life from childhood all the way until this point, he's about 18 years old where the story takes place, these last 10 years of his life have been consumed with this, this topic of epics and gathering information and knowledge about who they are and what their weaknesses might be. And now, th- that knowledge comes in handy because 
every epic has a weakness that, that limits their power in some way. And so in order to kill them, which is the primary job of this group of Reckoners, uh, that knowledge is very important. Finding out, okay, what is their weakness? What is it that hinders them from being superhuman? And how do we exploit that? Uh, so David, obviously, is going to be a really great resource to these Reckoners. He has studied so, so much, uh, specifically about Steelheart, but really about all the epics. But in relation to revenge, this particular striving for Steelheart's death, David does have to come face-to-face with the fact that revenge, though it may seem like a good thing, it may seem like even the right thing at times, well, revenge is just another way of being under somebody else's control. Another theme closely related to revenge is the theme of justice, and, and it's covered quite substantially in this story of, you know, what is right, what is wrong, and, and how do we judge people according to their actions and their choices, bringing justice to moments of injustice. These altered humans called epics really take and destroy whatever they please, and in the process, they often hurt or even kill people, and they don't care what anybody else wants. It's all about themselves. And that is a major injustice, not only because every human is imbued as a a bearer of God's image, but also the sanctity of life is, is important. And so the fact that they just senselessly kill people, that is an injustice. Uh, you know, and it spawns the Reckoners and David to make these decisions of, okay, what do we do? How do we respond to this injustice in our world. And then one other smaller theme that does come up, especially towards the end of the book, is this idea of redemption. Redemption. Because, you know, these supervillains, these epics, are like essentially mutated humans. These humans who have, for whatever reason, gained superhuman abilities. Uh, and, and repeatedly through the story, we have characters interact and, you know, ask the question, are these really humans? Are they something different now because of how evil they are and how powerful they are? And ultimately the question is, is anyone truly irredeemable? Are these epics out of control, so much so that the only answer is for us to kill them? Maybe that is the answer, or maybe there's something else that we can do. So those are the themes Let's dive in a little deeper and talk about some of the stuff that I really liked about this book. And I'll start with just the concept of the story, the concept that there are evil superheroes in our world. You know, this this idea is kind of new to me because I'm used to, uh, you know, comic books and movies like Marvel and even DC movies where, you know, you've got some supervillains, but you always have superheroes as well. And there are characters in the book who seem to have that same mindset that we're used to. Hey, if there is super evil, then there's got to be super good. There are going to be superheroes out here to protect us and to help us and to fight back against the wickedness. But in this world, it seems to be that there are no superheroes. That for some reason, every person who has gained these abilities, they are evil. And so all around us, we have supervillains, and that is it. And really, the heroes that arise 
are underdogs. They are normal human beings that rise to the occasion to face this seemingly invincible foe. I, I love that story. It's very unique. Um, it does, you know, obviously pay homage to like a David and Goliath story, you know, of the small fighting the mighty. Uh, but this idea of a world full of supervillains was sort of new to me, and I think it's really unique and cool. The beginning of the story is important, you know, for us to discuss because the beginning of a story can really dictate whether you're going to be captivated by the story or you're going to have to be pulled through the mud through too much information or perhaps uh, just an elongated introduction that isn't needed. The prologue of this story is really great. It's really gripping and it throws you right into this world of supervillains and and what it would be like to live in that kind of environment. It really immerses you in the story. And that, you know, uh, is, is evidence of Sanderson's great storytelling abilities. He's a great storyteller. Another thing that I liked was the the cast of characters. You know, each epic has their own superpower as well as their own weakness, and each of them is unique in some way, and that brings some really cool uh, dynamism to the story. But you also have the Reckoners, who are our main characters that we follow, this ragtag team of humans who are fighting against these superhumans. Each one of them is unique. They're not a perfect team. They don't always agree, but but that's really cool. And it's nice to see that, you know, you're not always going to get along with people around you, but that doesn't mean you can't work together and you can't find solutions. So I thought that was really cool. The last thing that I'll mention is just the mystery behind the epics. He poses some really intriguing mysteries at the beginning of the book that he answers at the end of the book, specifically relating to Steelheart, this main antagonist. Uh, and, and one of those things is his weakness. Okay, what is Steelheart's weakness? And I really enjoyed that process of trying to piece it together myself and then ultimately discovering what the answer is. But in addition to that, there are other questions that you have that are, are left unanswered that I guess he will answer in the next few books. Where did they come from? How did they get their powers? Those kind of questions are really interesting, and, and, and they have yet to be answered. There's still some mystery for me. I've only read the first book, and I really found that to be fun. Okay, so that's a lot of good stuff. The themes I thought were really strong. I listed off a few of the uh, most intriguing things that I liked from the book. Well, let's talk about perhaps some red flags. Some of the stuff in the book that I thought, you know, I wouldn't recommend this book to a kid in the age range because of this or that. Well, this book is written for 12 to 17-year-olds, and that's not only you know the age group proposed from the publishers, but also from other fellow readers. It's really written for teenagers, you know, for actual young adults. Let's, I would broaden it to 12 to 18. Um, you know, I, I would say this book may not be appropriate for the younger crowd in that age group, because there is quite an emphasis on a lot of violence and of killing. And and all throughout, there is senseless killing alluded to by the epics. Remember, they are supervillains. They kill without thinking, with no care of other people. And a great illustration of that is the very beginning. In the prologue, there is a an epic called Death Point. And he literally points at people, and they turn to ash. And it is, it's a very intense moment there at the beginning. Um, and, and, and there are moments like that throughout the book. And so it can be pretty intense dealing with 
this kind of murder. There's never too much detail, so don't worry about like, you know, it getting too gory or filthy. Um, but it is there is murder and there is fighting and and these reckoners, their whole thing is assassinating epics. So death, violence, murder are definitely topics to think about. It may be a little too intense for maybe a twelve or even a thirteen or fourteen year old, uh, depending on your kid. Another thing that I would mention uh, that you'd want to know about is that there are a couple curse words in this book. Now, Brennan Sanderson does a very unique thing in his novels, and, and I've heard that he's done this in other novel series, not just in the Reckoners series. And um, what he does is he creates fake swear words, and that allows him to keep his books mostly clean, but still, I guess, bring that grittier feel that you get from an environment where you might hear more cursing and, and that kind of thing. And so he creates his own swear words, and that that makes the book fairly clean. However, for some reason, even though he has these in-world substitutes, he did decide to include a couple real curse words. And when I say a couple, I really do mean two. There are only two curse words, but it did bum me out because the book was almost perfectly clean apart from, obviously, the intensity and the violence. So with that in mind, let's talk about how we're going to rate this book. Now, I rate all of my books on a five-color scale, ranging from the lowest, which is red, to orange, to yellow, to green, and finally to cyan, which is the best. Red is the worst color we can give as a rating, and cyan is the best color we can give as a rating. And we rate on the writing style, the plot and characters, and on the content of the book. So as I've already said, the writing is great. And I think the plot and the characters are very well developed. So really, the determining factor for my rating is going to be the content of this book. And so when I say that I think Steelheart is a yellow book, let me explain why I've given it that rating. Because Cyan is the best, Green is the best after that, Yellow sort of in the middle. And I think as far as the plot and the writing style, this is a great, great book. However, because it has some cursing and because it has some intense violence at times, I don't think that it's appropriate for the younger age that it's advertised for, the 12 to 14-year-olds. And so based on content, I'm going to give it a lower rating. Now, if you are okay with your kid watching PG-13 movies, like for instance, we have the Marvel movies, we're very popular right now, but we also have the Hunger Games movies that have come out, um, I think if you're okay with your kid watching those movies, then this book is going to be okay for them to read. You know, there there is quite a, a regular amount of cursing in PG-13 movies, and there is regular violence uh, and even bloodshed shown. But I think that if you're okay with Marvel movies, this book should be okay for your kids. Uh, just personally, I don't like the route that PG-13 movies are taking with adding more curse words. You know, it's becoming more and more common to hear like the S word repeatedly throughout those kind of movies. And so I'm not a fan of that. I understand that that it's a reality. But when it comes to literature, which is, you know, more of an individual form of entertainment, I don't think we have to read that kind of stuff. I, I It's not necessary to put curse words in. So because there are is a little bit of cursing in this book, I'm going to give it a yellow rating. 
For you, it may be a higher rating. Maybe your kid is 16 or 17. Hey, this book might be a green or even a cyan book for them because I think it is great. But as far as the content is concerned, I just want you to be aware that there is some cursing and there is quite a bit of violence. And so for like a 12-year-old, this would not really be an appropriate book for them quite yet. It would be in the yellow category for me. Otherwise, this book is very unique. It has a great story. And it encourages readers to ask some really powerful questions, Uh, questions about identity, questions about purpose, and really questions about redemption. You know, I'd encourage you to ask questions as your teen is reading this book. Uh, It's always good to, to engage them and try to have some conversations. And so here are some things that you could ask them or topics to think about. Ask them about the main character, David. You know, throughout the story, it it is written from his perspective. And so I would encourage you to ask them, you know, what is he thinking? What is he going through? What actions, what decisions are is he making? And, and how would you act differently if you had a choice? Uh, get them talking about revenge and, and maybe what a proper response to injustice would look like in the real world. If we see someone doing something that they shouldn't or maybe hurting somebody else, how do we respond in those moments properly? And maybe even go deeper and ask them, well, what does the Bible say we should do in moments like that? Now, in part two of this review, we're going to get into some more detailed questions and even into some additional themes and flesh out the ones we talked about. As I discussed this book with a, a teen named Sean and his dad, Steve, And it's a really, really great conversation. I think you will find it interesting and helpful. We're just going to go more in depth in the book. So if if you are not going to read the book and you are interested in knowing more about Steelheart, then I'd encourage you to dive into that review as well. Well, that is all for our spoiler-free part of this review. Thank you so, so much for listening. I really hope that this was helpful and gave you a good grasp of, of the book without any spoilers. And don't forget to check out part two if you are interested, or maybe you've read the book and you just want to experience that book club environment. As always, if you want to know more information, you can head over to our website, alivemin.org forward slash cyan. That is A-L-I-V-E-M-I-N dot org forward slash C-Y-A-N. And if you have any book suggestions, you have a book in mind that you're thinking, man, I wish more people knew about this. Well, I would love to hear your suggestions. And there was a link down in the description. You can click and it will take you to a form you can send in. And I would love to read your suggestions and share them with the rest of our book club. Thanks again for listening. And I'll talk to you in the next episode.